Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor with Star Local Media, and I'm being joined by Justin Thomas, sports editor for our Denton County Papers. And Justin, let's catch up with an old friend. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? So, um, yeah, a, uh, a face from Star Local Media's past, a face from local high school sports journalism's past. Oh, yes. You can, um, nowadays, you can hear him uh, Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 p.m. on 105.3 The Fan. He is one half of the KNC Masterpiece, Kevin Hagelund. Welcome back, buddy. Man, I'm glad to be here. I worked here for seven and a half years, and it's... It's kind of a trip being back in these offices, I'm not going to lie. So we've, we've established this is the first time that you've been back here since... Outside of maybe a couple months afterwards. Like, I think I came back like a couple months afterwards. But other than that, it's been almost five years. So Any flashbacks? Any nostalgia? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'll give you the cleaned up version, but I pulled into the parking lot, saw a lot of the same cars, saw the same basic <laughs> setup, and I said, things don't change. So, you know... <laughs> I do think, um, at least, uh, like I said, it's been five years. Five years has been it's been a minute. So maybe some backstory is required, just to you know, sure. context to who you are, and you know, why do we have just a uh, you know a regional sports talk show host on a high school sports podcast? That is a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. So, um, so Kevin used to be the sports editor here at Star Local Media. He worked, you know, worked here from what oh six to thirteen. Thirteen, and um, you know, within that span, you know, he said he was he ran the sports department here, helped you know very much kind of lay the groundwork for our sports coverage set the culture for our department as a whole and um yeah nowadays you hired you i've hired me that's true <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a good why isn't that the lead why isn't that the first thing that we say that's why i'm here payback <laughs> so um, yeah so in the uh but you know with what kevin and, uh, and his co-host Corey majors do nowadays on the fan it's kind of uh, kind of a kind of poetic in a sense because i'm not sure how many of your of your listeners are privy to this but the uh, the KNC masterpiece actually had its uh, its beginning oh, within, yeah. these, within the walls of this newsroom. No, absolutely. Uh, Corey and I met here at Star Local Media. Like, I didn't know him outside of the newspaper, so if it weren't for this place, uh, there's no KNC masterpiece. And so, obviously, I'm sure things are different now in your company and your leadership, very forward-thinking. But at the time, and Justin can attest to this, there were definitely some times where we had some struggles and there was some frustration, and Corey and I, and this is before Justin and I worked in the same office, or, hey, could have been our show, Justin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Corey and I were really frustrated with the lack of forward thinking that some of the management had, and so we decided that we were just going to start doing kind of our own thing mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, trying to up the website. And so we just started doing a series of video blogs, kind of like a, you know, a precursor to our show, hopefully a precursor to this and all that. And so we called it the KNC Masterpiece because I'm K, he's C, and we like to eat. 
meat, so barbecue sauce, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's what we decided to do. And I have to give a shout out to Kenny Green, another star mm -hmm. local media representative. Kenny. Is, yeah. That's a name from <laughs> hey, Flash from the Past. He just got married. Congratulations, Kenny. Is uh, he would be our cameraman and he would set it up. I know now. Oh, we don't even need a cameraman. But a tripod. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Some things do change. Technology. Yeah, I know, right. Uh, but thinking. At the time, you know, we needed him to help us out. And so we would actually record like kind of instant reaction things mm -hmm. after games. And so, you know, you guys obviously are well aware and still in the Tuesday night, Friday night cycle. And so Tuesday night, maybe closer to midnight, Friday night, whew, maybe closer to two or three in the morning, we would record these videos. And when you're recording the videos at three in the morning, you're like, well, I don't, no one's going to watch this. And keep in mind, it was like still 08. It's not now where he, everybody watches everything all the time. And so all of a sudden, like, you would go on campus to interview coaches or players and people were like, hey, I saw your video about this and that. And I was like, you did? <laughs> cool. Uh, and so you realize pretty quickly we we're starting to get traction, but there's no question. It's December of 2007. That's when I knew our videos had traction. Okay. It was the... Oh, no. What would you do? Oh, man. <laughs> and it always goes down like that. It's never... You never know you get traction because someone stops yeah. you and goes, I just want to let you know, great job. Like, it's always something yeah. bad. <laughs> and so it was December of 07. I'll never forget it. Texas Stadium. Plano against uh, Converse Judson oh, in the wow. state semifinals. So we... Rex Rex Burkhead. Yes, this is a Rex Burkhead day. This is a sad day for him, though. But uh, so we had done our preview in our video, and I said that I thought Converse Judson was going to win. So you wa I'm walking down the steps at Texas Stadium because we're going to get on the field and try to do another video from down there, and all of a sudden I just hear. Boo! <laughs> and I'm like looking around. What is happening? Are they booing the warm-ups? And then I see somebody stand up, look right at me, and go, "Boo!" <laughs> I was like, "How oh, far away was this person from you?" Oh, <laughs> like where that sign is, not not far so enough. Literally right in your face. They didn't bring signs against you or something. Yeah. Oh man, that would have been that would have been so terrible. And then people started to boo me like across the board. And then somebody goes. Shouldn't you be on the other side of the field? And I was like, oh, God, this is all in response to that video, which, uh, for the record, Converse Johnson did win that game, I'm just saying. But it was at that point that I was like, holy crap, like, we're kind of on to something here. I mean, I would prefer it if everyone watched the videos and we were beloved, but, you know, what can you do? So it was at that point that I realized, like, we were really on to something, and it just it, it kind of kept building from there. Website yeah. traffic kept building. Unique visitors kept building. And it was, plus it was a really helpful creative outlet. Like I said, at a time when, I mean, there were some times where we had struggles with pages and all that, and I'm sure that's still a struggle that exists in the world. And it gave you another outlet to kind of get your word out there, much like y'all's podcast uh, does right now. And so that was the start of it we we still have like our little you know our little uh artwork and everything yeah, from I back seeing that when you were 
Put that hands on the area. popsicle sticks. Yes, abso- absolutely. And your belongings and stuff when you were leaving. I remember it, seeing those posters and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I like. We still have those, and I mean, we still use the name uh, for the show, and it's it's been great. And so Corey went on to do other things while I stayed here, and then he got a shot in uh, in radio, and we actually circulated those videos to uh, the assistant programming director at 105 through the fan. He saw the videos and he was like, oh wow, I really enjoy these. And he goes, well, who do you want to work with? Do you want to work with, you know, Chris Arnold, this guy, this guy? And Corey goes, what about the guy in the video? And our PD said, oh, can you get that guy? And he kind of <laughs> can I was get that guy? very in demand. Uh, and he kind of chuckled and he goes, yeah, I think we can make that work. Uh, and so... There you go. So we got our shot, and they said, we'll give you three shows on Sunday as a tryout. And then they called us into the office after the first show, which I thought, oh, that's not a good sign. Yeah, we're absolutely fired. And they said, no, you guys did a great job. You've got good chemistry. Chemistry, which we developed here. I mean, you know the conversations we have. I know we're in the midst of putting together the... NBA top twenty outside of the newspaper. Yeah, but we still, we still. Am I the straggler? There? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, there was a lot of debate going on. We still uh, communicate, and that's where that started from, and that chemistry started from is just things we would kick around, you know, the office around the cubicles and stuff like that, and it really paid off. And this place was a huge launching pad. Like, you know, we might have a friend or two that one in particular that holds some hostility and whatnot, but I was like, dude, this place was great for me and it helped launch where I am now. Like, I wouldn't have what I am now without Star Local Media, and that's a fact. What do you um, what do you remember about that very first weekend show that you and Corey did and just kind of the whole radio experience? Well, how the very real quick, how long have you guys been doing it now? Like- so, well, five years? Yeah, so five years, almost full-time. And then remember, we did part-time yeah, for like yeah. two years. And uh, I actually had a question for you guys about that in a little bit. But uh, what I remember about that first show is we were so ill-prepared for that first segment. Okay, because on our clock then, segments were 11 minutes. And for our first segment, I kid you not, we wrote Introduction. That was the segment. <laughs> and in my mind, us talking about who we are and where we come from, easily going to fill 11 minutes. Our show was from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. that day. We were done at 10.04. <laughs> I looked at the clock. I have never had more time-related panic in my life than seeing that gaping seven minutes sitting in front of us and thinking, uh-oh. So we thought on the fly. We, I just looked at him and he looked at me and we felt like we knew what we were going to do we moved our second segment into that first segment and I was like we could figure out another segment in the break because right now we got nothing and we got seven minutes and we're about to be cancelled in the first segment you're used to not having not enough time not having to fill time yes I know like it's it's such a bad 1.30am already yeah it's so crazy because especially in high school football you're like stop passing the ball just run it let's run down the clock like I got a deadline but now I was like oh sweet lord like I have seven minutes I have no idea what to talk about so yeah that is I kid you not the number one thing I take away from that is how much I panicked in the first segment and like 
you know, now you get to a point, I also had to turn off my phone because if my phone buzzed, I would probably crumble mentally. Like, I couldn't handle any of that. And you get to the point where you can multitask. Well, we did a podcast a uh, couple months ago, and Chris Rourke, one of our coworkers, he sne- Chris Rourke has the most violent sneeze in humanity. <laughs> and he uh, he let one fly during a podcast, and we had to edit the part out because I couldn't, I couldn't oh. stomach it. And I, <laughs> I tried to fight through it, and uh, we had to, it took at least two or three takes to get back on track. It's Please tell me at some point there'll be an outtakes version <laughs> where I can watch that because I would like to see A lot that. of folks around the office have requested one and there's certainly sure, some material. Sure Kevin took in a Rourke sneeze or two. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. No, yeah, it's Chris Rourke was here when I was here. Like, picture uh, like uh, what a 175 pound human being it was the sneeze of like a 500 pound lumberjack. Sure. You know, but like to this day and this is an urban legend in my family she's passed away now but my grandmother, nobody will back me up on this. I swear when she sneezed she said God bless you and I swear she sneezed and goes God bless you. I, I'm positive of that. Nobody in the family will back me up and <laughs> it'll never be proven sad one thing about uh, making the transition to uh, to radio where it's now like an actual it's a full-fledged career for you now sure i've always wondered how like how that alters the way that you go about taking in sports i imagine being a sports fan pre-radio relative to you know following it for a living now i imagine you have to watch sports a little bit differently than usual is that correct yeah yeah but not as really not as much as you might think because like if you go back to when I was here in the conversations that we had I mean obviously like we talked NBA NFL all that yeah but like we would talk random Olympic stuff we would randomly talk about the World Cup we would talk about March Madness we would talk about even you know when we had a kid from Plano that was just got a Blake Coleman just got a contract extension was going to get taken in the NHL draft we would kick around like all kinds of variety of sports and so that's been one of the cool things is like I like a lot of different sports and so I mean, you know, the one holdup for me has always kind of been golf, and I have to just kind of suck it up. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Justin. Uh, I have right. to... I like getting all the golf assignments. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have to kind of suck it up here and there, but for the most part, like, we kind of made a decision a while back is, and I think it really helped our show at some point late in the first year, is our programming director at the time, who's now running like, you know, Fox Sports Radio on the West Coast, is he said there are some segments where I feel like you guys are either bored or doing it because you're supposed to. And he was right, because there were some times when like, let's say like the anthem debate right now, mm-hmm. is like so many people will be doing segments about the anthem debate. Awesome. Like, I've it's done like we already did it I'm done with it I'm ready for the next thing and so we didn't feel obligated to talk about it yesterday at all even though Jerry was talking about it even though it's all over everything today we're done with it it's over so we're going to talk about what we want to talk about and so that was one of the things is like what's the biggest story of the day we're going to tell you what the biggest story of the day is and that was really a huge change for us so that kind of speaks to your question about does it alter the way I change sports like uh, cover sports and watch sports I mean, there are some things you can't ignore, but there are some things where I'm like, I don't care, mm. and I'm going to care about something else, and hopefully you'll care about it too, and they have, luckily. How has it changed things from, obviously, you like grew up liking the local teams? Sure. It, do you f- feel like you don't, obviously, you follow them maybe even more because yeah. of YouTube, but do you feel like from a rooting perspective, do you find yourself rooting less for the Cowboys or caring less about their results or I think it's the opposite actually yeah. I, I think it's more but like 
I care more about individual people than like I mean I still care about the team like if the Cowboys yeah. God I green both Green Bay games still hurt yeah stuff. exactly like you know when people will bash Jalen Smith totally get why understand he's the nicest freaking person in the world yeah. when uh, uh, you know the, so there there are players like that like Tyrone Crawford is really cool with us uh, so there there are players like that that. I root a little bit more for them. Like, I want the Cowboys to win. That's still number one. But if the yeah. Cowboys could win and Jalen could pick up 13 tackles and a forced fumble, mm -hmm. then that would really brighten up my day because yeah. we had him on the show in training camp in Oxnard uh, a couple summers ago, like right after he'd been drafted, and he was awesome. Like, he was super cool and he even told the PR guy to give us yeah. a shout and was like, hey, love the interview, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I still care just as much, but then there's like little individual people yeah. that I'm like, all right, I care a little bit more. Like, I don't want Keone Kella to get traded because yeah. he's uh, he's been super cool with us and he likes to swear. Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's been really cool with us. So I think that's the biggest thing is like, I care a little bit more about the individuals, whereas before, yeah. I don't know, I've never met any of these people, I don't care. That's kind of something similar to here, like, you know, we're supposed to be unbiased and stuff, and, you know, a lot of teams we cover, you know, we'll cover a game and we cover both teams, but also at the same time, you know, you're talking to these players and getting to know them a little bit, and you can't help but kind of pull for them at times and stuff, Dude, even though you're not really supposed to. You're, you're dead on about that, so there was a... Uh it was a girls basketball, it was a playoff game, it's third round, you know, who's going to go to the regional tournament. I can't remember who Plano West was playing, but uh, they lost, and it was, they lost by a point or two, it was a really close game, and like Justin was just saying, you get to know these coaches, these players, and some you like better than the others. Maybe in our outtakes I'll give you a whole list of coaches that I didn't <laughs> care for. I got some. Uh, but they really thought that this was going to be their year to get back to the state tournament. They had won state, you know, five or six years before, or whatever it had been, and this was going to be their time to get back. And it just, it didn't happen. And it was, I, I know everyone was bummed. And you have to wait, like, outside the locker room. Because it's not like, you know, oh, we're going to take you to the press room and blah, 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 bull crap. You guys work harder than anybody. you got to hustle down all your own interviews and all that stuff. And so I'm waiting outside the locker room and coach Patterson his wife is out there and you're you're in like the back of the school it's late on a Tuesday night there's nobody else around except the girls walking out of the locker room and they're all crying and you have to like do you get up in their face to get an interview because that's your job and then he walks out of the locker room his wife is there he collapses into her arms yeah. And he just starts to cry, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh my god, because yeah. like oh, yeah. that's my job. I, I it's like such an uncomfortable situation. It, it, <laughs> it sucks because I mean, he, here are your options: wait until their moment is over, do the best you can, interrupt the moment, file a story with no quotes. None of those are desirable well, options. I've, I've done one of those before. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done it since. And it, and it doesn't, yeah. Interrupting. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't feel good whichever route you go. And it sucks because you're right. You're supposed to be unbiased. But there are absolutely times where like, you feel yourself rooting, not just because you know the people, but it makes for the better story. Like, it's better for your paper yeah, if 
you know, Plano Senior wins the state championship than it is if they lose in the area round. Like, it's better for your paper, it's better for your readers, it's better for your community, and it's probably better for you because I would much rather talk with everyone after, oh my god, I'm yeah. crying because we won the state championship then. So I got so lucky last year with oh, <laughs> the man. basketball, the Allen's boys basketball team. And Plano girls, yeah. Allen football, I mean, yeah, it was... An embarrassment of riches last year because, like that that sequence that you just described, like that happens to just about unless you win oh, state, like, yeah, that's how your season's going to end if you make the playoffs. No, absolutely. And then yeah. you have the thing that you always dread is the dual market playoff game. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst <laughs> because you go in there and you go, "Hey, good news, Justin. There's no way you're not going to interview yeah. someone who's crushed tonight." Yeah. And like you'll get the happy people, but you know, no matter what happens, one of your teams is going to lose. Those are the worst. How are you supposed to pick those ones, by the way? If Plano's booing you for picking Judson, have have fun picking when you cover both teams. Oh, (laughs) man. No kidding. Oh, man. That's another... And and I think this is one of the reasons that I bonded with the the Plano West girls basketball coach Mm -hmm. and his wife, who everyone called Mama Pat. Shout out, Mama Pat. Is we did Versus, which is a segment Mm -hmm. that we do on KNC now, and Corey and I would debate. And we were at the regional tournament and Plano West was there and I picked against Plano West I sat down at the scorers table before the game started I had never met coach Patterson's wife in my life so I sit down at the scorers table next to I don't know some lady and so she looks right at me and she goes so you picked against us huh and I was like I don't even know who you are and she was like I'm coach Patterson's wife and I was like oh Sorry. What she, you, did she become the actual coach? No, his no, no, assistant coach. Yeah, yeah. Perry. Yeah, Perry. That's yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They didn't like it down the road, is because I think I said once, because their coach was like, "Oh, so you picked against us," and I was like, "I'm just saying, coach. I've picked against you like three times the whole yeah. time I've been here." And then I stopped, and I was like, "And I don't think I need to remind you what happened in those games." And he was like, "No, you don't. They <laughs> lost all three of them." That's uh, kind of sticking with just interviews and shifting back to radio. I've always been curious, like in all the, I mean, the, all the years you guys have been doing this, is there one interview that kind of sticks out that was just like the most memorable that you guys have done? Uh, can I cheat and give you two? Absolutely. Uh, so one of them is Jerry Jones because he swore at us. Uh, it was like a really minor swear. But he said, uh, we're, we're talking, and uh, we're really pushing him about something about Garrett, you know, because the Cowboys were struggling and all this support for Garrett, and I was just, like, hammering him about this thing. And he goes, look, this is not a damn debate. You asked, my que- you asked for my opinion. I gave it to you, okay? I was like, oh... <laughs> I should probably relax here, like you know, uh, and it just it, it, it got it, it got kind of heated super quick. But he like it, you know, it all diffused really quickly. But then that went freaking everywhere, and so people had this is not a damn debate. Somebody made me a T-shirt of it and all that, and like the little the little clip was everywhere, and I was like kind of proud and sad all at the same time but then the other one was Deion Sanders and uh, Deion Sanders might be number one 
is because you guys know, like, we dealt a lot with, like, prime prep and all their shenanigans mm -hmm. when they would run up against some of our teams or supposed to and not. And prime prep was, it was a joke. It was a fraud. And I knew that from covering high school sports with you guys. And so we were filling in for the morning show uh, the day that, like, prime prep was losing its academic accreditation and... I was just going on and on about it because, you know, we had been through it and I was pretty familiar with it. And uh, the producer, Troy, for the regular morning show, Sean and RJ, he said, well, I bet if Dion was here, you wouldn't say that. And I was like, the hell I wouldn't. <laughs> get on the horn. Everybody you know, Troy, you get on the horn. You get Dion Sanders on this show. I guarantee you I'll say the same thing. 15 minutes later, he goes, all right, Dion's confirmed for 9.30. And I was like, bring it on. You know how I am. Like, I'm yeah. not averse to confrontation. Wasn't then, not now. And so we brought him on. And it started, like, friendly enough, but then it started to frustrate me because he was giving all these nonsense answers. And he was like, people don't understand. Our school has given homes to these athletes who would have nowhere to go otherwise. And I'm like, your starting five is all in the top yeah. 50 recruits nationally. Every single one of these kids could go to any high school and any college they wanted. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he started like doing some rhyming and stuff, and it was just driving me insane. <laughs> the primer team. Yeah, absolutely. And then it led to a very famous clip that still gets played on our air. Is It started to amp up a little bit, and he goes, oh, well, I see your tone has changed. And so so like I like now I think it's hilarious in the moment I was furious but yeah so we went back and forth and it created a lot of buzz which again like I wish that all buzz would be created because oh you just did the greatest segment ever and it's gonna help mankind but that's not realistic so it was good because we got a major athlete and I was kind of happy because I didn't back down you know like I could have been like oh hey prime what's up congrats on the Hall of Fame but no I was like this is BS and let's go do it so that was another one that really stands out. Let's uh, look at kind of uh, what Kevin's been up to nowadays. Well, let's uh, let's keep you around a little bit more. Let's talk a little bit about what you what you used to do. And I promise that sounds less scandalous than it actually. Does. Oh so man! We'll uh, talk a little bit more of not Kevin's the, uh, not the juvenile shoplifting. <laughs> I got you. Good. <laughs> Kevin's work on the on the high school beat, and we will get to that in a few moments after a word from this sponsor. Today's Student Athlete Spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And we are back. Myself, Justin Thomas, joined by former Star Local Media Sports Editor Kevin Higland. Now one half of the KNC Masterpiece, Monday through Friday, 7 through 11 p.m. on 105.3 The Fan. Um, we've you know, been talking about your, uh, your your transition to radio sure. and whatnot, but obviously you know you had a career here. It spans seven oh, yeah. years beforehand. So um, let's kind of dig back into that. You know, Kevin was the uh, you know was the sports editor for the Plano Star Courier and the Allen American during his time with this uh, with this company. And um, you know when you started back in um, back in 06, what do you kind of remember about just kind of getting your feet wet with the with the Plano Allen beat once upon a time? <laughs> I made a mistake on my first day. Uh, so, 
uh, I, 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 I remember I graduated uh, from college on a Saturday and I started here on a Monday. Like I'd line this job up ahead of time and the, the guy who hired me, Dave Sorter, who was the managing editor in Plano at the time, he said, so you'll be covering the high school beat. And I asked, and now it's a preposterous question. At the time, you know, like we all live our lives and do our thing. And I was like, this is a full-time position just to cover high school sports. Is there enough to cover? I get that all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, and, well, yeah. And he just kind of laughed. You knew. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You have no freaking idea how intense these people are, too. But, yeah, he just kind of laughed. And he goes, oh, yeah, we'll fill your time up. And it took... You know, two seconds to learn how quickly that was the case. The first thing I covered was the e Plano East spring game, and really quickly you realize, you know, especially with all the markets that you guys cover, and all the high schools that are in each market, and all the sports that go with each high school, and all the athletes that go with each sport, and oh my god, there's so much to cover. Like, you could work 80 hours, and sometimes, like signing day, you get close. But uh, the, the first the first day that I was here, before I even went to the Plano East Spring Game, uh, the sports editor at the time, Brian Porter, he was a Plano senior guy all the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember my, that. He was my editor when yeah. I Play, He's Plano senior, leader of the Rex Burkhead fan he club the first, all the way. The first game that you had me go out to was Plano versus MacArthur, the 2009 season opener, and Brian was you know, in the press box, obviously, and he was the one who kind of showed me the ropes of yeah. how to conduct yourself in a high school football yeah. press box. And, and he loved Plano <laughs> senior, and because of that, uh, Plano Senior hates Allen or hated or and probably still. Uh, and so, yeah, I got the I got the Allen beat not because I chose it because I thought they'll probably be a state powerhouse any day now. I got the Allen beat because Porter didn't like Allen because he liked Plano <laughs> Senior. That is absolutely a fact. And so when people are like, "Oh, did you pick the Allen beat?" I was like, "No, I got it out of spite." And so I called Coach Westerberg who. We've all dealt with Coach Westerberg. I think he's a very Absolutely. nice human being. He is not always the most welcoming to the press, especially in the beginning. And so I, I didn't have a cell phone or anything, so I called the sport, the athletic office. And instead of saying, first day, mind you, instead of saying I work for the Allen American, I said I work for the Austin American <laughs> because I'm bad at my job. And I, I won't forget this either because I was like, oh, well... So all got to be uphill from here is I got Westerberg on the phone and he goes, why does somebody from Austin want to know about our football team? And I said, <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm sorry. I meant the Allen American. Whoa, first day. Can you tell? And he goes, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a little bit of a <laughs> I was just like, because he's a quick-witted guy. Oh, yeah. um, Absolutely. But I just thought, oh, <laughs> I am already so bad at this job. And then, um, and then the other thing, this was, I don't know if it was first day. It was maybe second or third day. Like I said, a lot to cover. So, you know, first couple of days. I call Westerberg that night. I'm at the East Spring game. The next day or the day after that, I'm out at the West uh, Spring practices. And so I talk with uh, Coach Hughes out at Plano West, and I tell him, like, hey, I'm going to be on the Plano West beat because, again, I took the beats that Porter did not want, and East was their second, so that was his second favorite. West was the newest, so boo to them. And so that's why I covered West and Allen is because 
he didn't want them and so they went to me and so I was talking to coach Hughes and it was really intense and he was like sir are you the new guy on the beat and I was like yes sir coach and he goes well I just have one request then I was like sure don't ever lie to me I was like what <laughs> and he goes the last fellow somebody who like was gone before I even got there he goes yeah he lied to me and I won't tolerate that and I don't expect that from you and I was like I desperately want to know like more about this old situation but I don't feel like now's the time to ask to the point where that's the first ground rule that he asked oh yeah I was like okay got it coach I won't and so we had a great relationship after that but just not the most auspicious start for either one of those beats eventually we got it down but yeah it was kind of a rough start I had opposite I remember the, uh, I did some football games, but I remember the, f the one of the first basketball games I covered uh, was, a, it was actually a playoff game. It was Louisville, and I had maybe covered them like one time, and I got to the gym. It was at Colleyville Heritage, I believe, and it was packed. I was a little late kind of getting there and finding a spot, and there was nothing at the uh, scorer's table and stuff, and one of my favorite coaches to ever cover, Henry Coach Thomas. Coach Thomas, he's yeah. the best. He's right not from Flower Mound. <laughs> so I'm just walking around, and I hear Coach Thomas like, Justin. Justin and I'm looking he's like he's like I was like what's up coach he's like can't find a seat can you I was like no he's like come on down here and so I just plop myself right down on the Louisville bench right next awesome to <laughs> <laughs> never wouldn't consider doing it again never did it but it was one of the first games I covered and I didn't know any better so I was like sure I'll sit right next to you and do my stats and stuff so <laughs> yeah coach Thomas was awesome he was one of those like when we did crossover markets yeah. you would kind of hope that you would run into that team yeah because you know I'm sure reporters have the same thing, but coaches, you got a reputation too, and it would be discussed around the press room. And so you'd be like, "Hey, you got this tonight? Oh, that coach. Yeah. Hey, good luck with that." Yeah. But then there was times like Coach Thomas, you're like, "All right." How um how different was just the uh, was just working in community sports journalism back in the day? Because I mean, just looking at things like this and with the videos that we do, I mean, the industry itself has evolved so much in recent years. Yeah, um, back to the mid two thousands, like just how different was the job when you were first getting started? Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, the well, first of all, uh, the biggest difference is the Star Courier came out six days a week. That's right. When we, <laughs> when we started. And so that's the number one change. And so you were like every day, every day, every day. And now the every day change has gone to, you know, website and podcast. Whereas every day, every day before meant print, 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 print. And so I think that's probably the biggest change. Now, like the theory behind it and the stories and the beat and everything, it, that's not different. But that's the biggest thing. I remember when we switched down to, you know, five days a week, it was a scandal. And when we switched down to two days a week oh it was just oh i can't believe it people are fainting in the streets and all that you know like it was just it was it was a big thing but then the other change as we went along is you know like you guys are doing the podcast right now the video blog and everything like that and that's like people come to expect that from a media company people come to expect that from you but when we started the video blog that was like a, a, a thing. It was new, yeah. yeah. There was no other real outlet to find that kind of stuff. Exactly. And so that that was one of the big things. It's something that was huge and like we had no idea what the hell you guys were doing. Like you all have your setup. It took two seconds to get this going because you guys know what you're doing and you're ready to go. When we started it there was a lot of trial and error. We had to figure out, you know, oh, will the bandwidth support this and that? And like there was a lot of technical complications that went into it. But yeah, those are the two probably the biggest things is everything was print, print, 
electronic print as opposed to you know online edit breaking everything and the video aspect uh, ours was always the print is first and online is second which you know you can argue that's a flawed logic that uh, the, that's flawed logic that newspapers had like even back in the middle of the 2000s but that's one of the reasons we started the video blog too is because we wanted to say hey let's get more of a web presence out there so I, I think the print versus online thing is probably the biggest difference I, I would say the technology is definitely the biggest difference it's what? wild the last time have you been to a high school game since you've left or in a press, high school press box or anything uh, we went you, to you the Allen yeah, State, State Championship but not not a whole lot what's what's the scene up there now one of the things I always get a kick out of in like some of the younger guys like Brian they, they have no idea what I'm talking about but I remember when I first started working here, there was no Twitter and stuff. You couldn't, yeah. you yeah. don't go on Twitter and type in Plano East and look and you see their score right away. Somebody, the, I can't believe they used to actually have handheld phones. Oh, to make the calls about the scores? And you'd just be sitting there and the phone would ring and they'd say, Goldsmith Stadium. And then they'd say, our score is 21 to 7. We have four minutes left in the third quarter. What's your score over there in Mesquite? Oh, and there is a man. whiteboard behind With all the scores? Yeah, it's all the scores. So if you needed to know a score of another game that, you know, two teams are competing for a playoff spot or something, and you look, and there's the score, and the phones are always ringing, and there's a big phone book with every stadium phone number and stuff. And now that, I don't even think they have phones in there anymore. Okay. Lefer and Marcus, old Bill Sherman and Marcus. Okay, that's the whiteboard go. good because legit. <laughs> I was gonna say it makes me sad to think that or the gal out in Allen is not doing her thing anymore yeah. because and that phone would ring a lot oh, yeah. and you would just be desensitized to it unless it was yeah. a score you needed to hear. Yeah. And then or sometimes you would have to ask, "Hey, can you call Mesquite?" Yeah, and find out. Yeah. Thing. And then the <laughs> other thing that they did that I don't know if this is still a thing, they would announce the score to oh, the crowd, yeah. like you'd be oh, at yeah. the Allen game. Okay. Okay, good. Because yeah. that was my favorite thing. They would announce and they would be like, update, Capel, 30, Plano, 27. And if it was like an Allen crowd, they would be like, <laughs> and so it was just always so great. Like, it didn't matter what was happening in your team's game. If you got an update that your rival yeah. was losing, man, I did love that. <laughs> I, I remember, I will give props to Corey for this, and, you know, now I'm much more heavy on Twitter at oh thank heaven that took, that took a while yeah it, it did because i was like not the i mean you know you know i'm, I'm stubborn i'm resistant to change i'm the same way yeah <laughs> that's why i work so well here uh and so like i remember when Corey said hey we're gonna get you on this thing called twitter and I was like, what the hell is Twitter? But it wasn't just because I was out of the loop. Yeah. Like, nobody knew what Twitter was. I had to literally talk to somebody in Japan who set up my account for me. Because it was like, if you look at the, or the origination of my account, I bet my account's like pretty close, like within the first year. I'll just look it up while you're talking. Yeah, I, because it goes back a long time. And I remember I had to talk to someone who said they were a technical support guy in Japan to set up a Twitter account. Now, I didn't understand what was happening, and I was for sure the only person in the press box who was using this fancy Twitter. You joined September 20, 2008. Wow. So, so you beat me by four years. Yeah. So <laughs> like, here. yeah, like I said, it was like way back, and I didn't really update your uh, profile photo, by the way. Yeah. Look, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do the same thing for Facebook too. There's no there, people are like that's not what you look like. Um, 
But yeah, so it was wild. And so you're right, that's a game changer because that, your primary thing when you were at the game is you had to get the stats, the stats, the stats, the stats. But now it's like you have to tweet out some updated stats, you have to tweet out the scores, you have to tweet out primary plays. I've seen both of you guys tweet out videos and oh, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, we're shooting videos from the press box. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah when yeah. I started, you couldn't even... I couldn't even take video on my phone. Oh yeah, there's like a requirement. Yeah, that's you still can't on mine. I got to use yeah. an actual camera to do it. <laughs> and and before it was just you got to take the stats by hand, you know. Yeah, basically you show up at the game and I would have eight pieces of paper, running logs, play by play, and that's all I would take to a game and all I would need. I didn't yeah, have a computer or anything. Absolutely, and now like. You know, your goal might to be to file the bulk of a story at halftime, or definitely to try. That, yeah, yeah. at least what I can. Exactly. At time, yeah. yeah, and then there's always that game that devastates yeah. what you've got. Twenty-eight to three halftime. And then story written. Yeah. So much. <laughs> and that, yeah, and then it's thirty-one to twenty-eight. Yeah. And you realize that everything you wrote <laughs> is completely irrelevant. Yeah, no, I've we've all been through that. With um, you mentioned the uh, you know needing to update your profile picture on Twitter. I do remember when you first uh, reprised that working here. Wasn't it like some obscure Family Guy reference that you pulled for your? Oh, it's got to be. Picture? Like, I mean, you guys know me. There is no situation in life that I don't think you can relate to something that happened on The Simpsons, Family Guy, or South Park. Still, or Seinfeld, of course. Or yes, of course, of <laughs> course. Sure. Now that I'm thinking, I think it was actually Gary the No Trash Cougar. Yes. <laughs> and kids, if you're not familiar with that, go look. It up because it's amazing. <laughs> um, I did want to, um, you know, before we, you know, let you go. I did want to do kind of a. I don't want to call this even a speed round, but just chronicling some of the some of the highlights as far as teams, players, you know, whatnot that you covered. What was in your time working here? What was the best team that you covered? Just pound for pound, the best team that you saw um, between Allen and Plano, of course. I that had to be. The 08 Plano West baseball team. Okay. Because that was the team that was undefeated for most of the year. And they eventually lost, I think, two playoff games, but they finished 40 and 2, and they were named the Max Prep National Champions. They also won the baseball state title, and they had. I want to say eight or nine kids that played D1 college baseball, including, uh, well, I guess Billy McKinney, who was drafted in the first yeah. round of the draft. He wouldn't come around for another couple of years. So and that's when they got back to state. But that 08 team, man, they just had kid after kid after kid. It was like, you know, they were going to TCU. They were going here. They were going there. That team was unbelievable. And they, like, they had all the swagger, and they were rolling. And that was an awesome year for me. Like you'd mentioned this this year for you that was an awesome year for me because that team won the state baseball championship and then in the fall Allen won the state football championship and I have that would have been their first one right? yeah exactly yeah. and and that, that was the thing like I remember when they made it to the state semifinal that's where they were going to lose because that's where they always lost was in the state semifinal including two years earlier it was the single most disastrous play I've ever seen in the history of covering high school sports. It was state semifinal. It was Allen against Southlake Carroll. And Southlake Carroll, the Dragons were always the one who took Allen down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was. It really was. And especially when it came to Allen. And I remember Westerberg, again, smart guy, deadpans. And I asked him about a Southlake curse, and he was like, 
well, if we're cursed, then so is every other team in this state because they beat them all. And I was like, that's a fair counterpoint. But, you know, they had lost to Southlake in this very spot time and again. But in 06, it was different. This was the year. And they had, you know, Nathan Dick, who would go on to be the quarterback at Arkansas. And they had the ball to start the game. And Allen, they're driving, they're driving, they're driving. They look good. And you're thinking... Maybe? I mean, I know it's just the first possession, but they look like they're doing something. So they get inside about the 20-yard line, and then there's a play where I can't remember if the play busted or if it was a designed run. Nathan Dick takes off. He gets popped by the sidelines. Not only does he fumble, he's injured and out for the rest of the game. Carroll recovers and takes it back for a touchdown. All in one play, Allen lost 38-0. to because without Nathan, they had nothing. Southlake Carroll had just punched them in the face to start the game, and it was over. And so in that semifinal in 08, they scored a touchdown. I, I remember, I, I think they were playing Round Rock Stony Point or something like that, and they scored a touchdown in the last minute of the game to win. Otherwise, it was going to be another state semifinal where they lost. And so they uh, they made it to the finals, and I picked them in the finals. And I had, like, been shouting out the greatness of Plano all year. Like, I remember, I mean, of Allen all year. I remember when Allen ran into Plano. Plano was undefeated. Allen was undefeated in 08. I was like, Allen is going to smash Plano. And people were like, ah, da, 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 Plano, I got it. Allen destroyed Plano. And I was like, I told you, this team's awesome. And I remember when they played Euless Trinity in non-district, I was telling everyone that would listen they would beat Euless Trinity. And they didn't. And so I was like, oh, Alan, I thought you were you betrayed me. And so, you know, because you like get oddly invested, like you said, in some of these things. And I was really convinced that Alan had what it took. And so they rematched with Trinity in the playoffs. And so I picked Trinity on the picket line. For the record, Allen played 16 games that year. That was the only time I picked against them. The first time they played Trinity, I picked Allen. In the rematch, I picked Trinity. Of course, this time, Allen wins. And they they win pretty convincingly. So I got a bunch of flack about picking against them, as you do. But they beat Fort Bend Hightower, I want to say, in the state championship. And we were in uh, at Reliant in Houston. And all the assistant coaches, you know, for people that aren't familiar, most of the assistants will sit up in the press box, like usually, or a lot of times in a room, like right next to you. And so as soon as the clock's ticking down under a couple of minutes, I see all of their assistant coaches. And, you know, they've got the game. They're going to win. And the coaches make a break for it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get down there with the coaches. And so I'm in, like, slightly better shape now than I was at the time. So I was, like, it was taking every bit of effort I had in my body to, like, run down the hallway with them. And so I just make it inside the elevator. And it's just me and all the Allen assistant coaches. And it was so fun because they're all going nuts. They're high-fiving. They're high-fiving me. Not objective. And we're just having a really good time. And then one of the assistants goes, oh, hey, I'm glad you actually picked us for once. I was like, come on, man. It's 16 games. I picked against you one time. And so then you get down in the tunnel, and they just they dead sprint out to the field. And I 
did my version of a dead sprint out to the field and it was great because I got to run onto the field with all the coaches and there's you know there's a good 45,000 people there and the vast majority of the Allen travels really well yeah. the vast majority of them are Allen fans and everyone's going nuts and I was like dude this is legit awesome like when Plano West won the baseball state title or the year before you know the girls had won the soccer state title like there's a good number of people there but it ain't the same and so when you're in the stadium yeah. with 45,000 people and I know they weren't cheering for me but I was there and it's like the reflective glow and the team that like because and I'm sure you guys feel this way when you get to that point I know more about that team than anybody who's not on the team right like don't you guys feel that way yeah absolutely and so I'm sitting there thinking like even the fans like I feel like I know more about this team than anybody else and it feels like you know it feels like kind of a win for you too and then I, I, I remember I moved out of the way when I was interviewing Westerberg because I saw them do the Gatorade. And so I kind of did the thing where I I saw people approaching and I kind of looked to the left, looked to the left again. And I was like, oh, this is happening. And so I just take my step back right when it happens. And then I step back in and keep <laughs> and I and I keep asking questions, and that was one of my uh, that was one of my favorite post games. The other one was, and this was an out of market thing because you know eventually we like kind of consolidated all our departments and we fell under one umbrella. Is so I covered when Salina won a state softball championship, and uh, it was Coach Coleman. I feel pretty yeah. confident about that. I just hijacked everybody else's interviews because, you know, we had had Plano teams in the state softball tournament, and I'd been there the year before, and I saw Salina lose, and so they had mostly the same crew the next year, and I was back there, and I saw them win, and so I knew, like, the basic elements of, of the story, and so, you know, like, a bunch of people, especially at state, they crowd right around, and I was like, no, 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 not today. I got the questions that I want to ask, and so Fox Sports Southwest set their camera up. There were people from here. There were people from there. I made a determination that nobody else was going to ask a question until I was done with my questions. And I hijacked the first eight minutes of the interview. Like, it was just because I had all my questions ready. And I was going to leave no dead time for anyone else to jump in. And so I go, 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 go. And then I was done. I was like, awesome, coach. Congratulations. I know this feels good. And he's like, yeah, it does. And then I walked off. And everybody else from the media was still standing there. And they are like... Uh, to tell us about the third inning, and I was like, "Don't care." I like, I got in every question I wanted, and I was like, "See you later." Speaking of uh, of interviews, whether it was a uh, a player or a coach, who was your favorite interview subject while you were working here? Ooh, that is a really good question. Uh, Isn't it cool how you kind of throughout the time you kind of get to know the coaches and you know like what questions to ask them or okay. oh for like sure questions you know, coaches you don't even have to ask you just say so what do you think and they'll just sit there and talk for five or ten minutes and other ones you have to ask question after question and they're just yes or no and you got to try to over time you kind of figure out how you need to ask these questions and every stuff. subject's different yeah. as far as the kind of stuff that makes them tick I, I, I will tell you this though Westerberg is amazing prep for Coach Garrett 
Like, they're the same. <laughs> if you ever hear them talk, they're so the same. Like, somebody asked me, oh, are you nervous to interview Coach Garrett? He doesn't give all the best answers. I was like, I've been interviewing Coach Garrett for eight years. I know exactly yeah. what to do. Because, like, you could roll into Westerberg's office and have 20 questions, and that's a four-minute interview. Whereas uh, Jade McCullough... Uh, with Plano, you could have four questions, and that thing's taken 30 minutes. Uh, I remember how happy I was for him when he got the opportunity to take over for Coach Brent because McCullough was he, he was a he was the most diehard Plano fan that I know, and I remember he was telling me about like. Oh, when they opened Clark Stadium, me and my brother were there. Obviously, he's been a big part of this. Mm-hmm. The stories around here too. Me and my brother there were were there for season tickets. Like he has died in the wool, Plano all the way. The other the other one that immediately jumps to mind because of the way he talked was the best was Coach Clark, the Plano West baseball coach. Then he went on to Coppell. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. <laughs> He's he's the best. Uh, He's one of the ones I was mentioning. You just kind of say what's going on, and there he goes. Oh, because because Coach Clark will tell you exactly what's on his mind, and then a lot of times he'll give you his homespun country wisdom to go with it. And that's what what am I? uh, I love. And it's, it's just so funny. Like, some of these questions, you don't realize how much these memories are, like, absolutely a part of you. But again, like, I, I, I don't know why I thought that. I worked here for a long time. Like, I worked here longer than I've been at the radio. And so it all just comes rushing back to you so quickly is I was talking to him about the start of district. Like, we just finished up non-district, and he goes, oh, this first game is huge. And I was like, okay, well, why is that? And he was like, think about it. And he, like he just, you know, he kind of, and he, you can tell it's going to be this amazing answer. And I was yeah. like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's another thing when you're talking about the differences. I was yeah, brought a, brought a yeah. notepad with yeah. me to write everything down. Uh, is he goes? So imagine you're walking in to this big field of grass, and that's district play. Is the big grass, and all of a sudden a snake just pops out, and it really like legit scared me because I wasn't prepared for that. And it was he did the dramatic hand motion and everything, and he was like, "And that's what you want to do in your first district game, be the snake." And I just thought that's the greatest quote I've ever heard. And so, yeah, no, I uh, I I liked uh, I liked Coach Clark very very much. He was. He was awesome. There were there were a lot of there were a lot of really good ones. Uh, you know, I told you about some of my weird history with the Plano West girls basketball team, but Coach Patterson and, and Mama Pat. You know, like when you get to like the holiday tournaments and stuff, sometimes I would bring my son to some of those, and they were always really nice to him yeah. too. And you almost feel like you're part of the uh, part of that team's family in, in certain instances. You really do. And so I, I feel bad now because I know there are so many others that I'm going to be leaving out. And it's odd sometimes when you see those coaches out in the world otherwise. Like I saw the uh, Coach O'Neill, who is the Prestonwood volleyball coach, her son was in the same basketball league as my son. Yeah. And I saw her and she's like, what's going and so this is after I left and it's just really weird to uh, see them afterwards and then you know I got to take it back to take it back to Westerberg we had our ups and downs one of my most crushing failures as an interviewer is I remember the year that 
all the games were going to be played on Halloween night. And I had asked Coach Hughes on playing about Plano West about that. I was like, oh, what do you think? And he goes, oh, yeah, better watch out for those ghosts and goblins. And like, <laughs> so, you know, he played along with me. Yeah. And, I, and I asked Coach Westerberg about it. It was so funny. I asked Coach Westerberg. He didn't even blink. And he goes, no. <laughs> What's the difference? We play on Halloween every five to six years, depending on how the calendar falls. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, okie dokie then, next question. And so... Well, this happened to be a similar Halloween to where an unnamed co-worker might have oh man our football interview and a scantily can we tell can we tell that story if I if I'm gonna leave the name, yeah, leave the name out, and please. the coaches involved yeah. out all right so absolutely the yes to answer your question so we had a reporter and I mean I hope I'm sure by now your viewers know this your listeners know this and everything like that is man it takes a freaking army of people to get it done on Friday night and so you enact a lot of people and so we had a news writer and she was doing football and I remember I was gonna be off that Halloween night because you know my son was at that point he was only like five and I didn't want to he might have only been four I didn't want to miss that and so I felt really bad bailing on high school football but I you know I'm a planner I felt like I had a pretty decent plan in place and so I talked to this person earlier in the day she called me because we did a co we do a costume contest up here at the office and she uh, I'll try to clean up my language a little bit too um, uh, so she was like hey I'm here for the costume contest, and I just wanted to know, can I wear this costume to cover the game tonight? And I was like, oh, I really would prefer that you didn't. And so she was like, come on, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what are you dressed as? And she said, a cop. I'll clean up my language here. And I said, are you a cop or are you a... She's a Halloween cop. A Halloween cop. That's the best way. That's better than what I was going to say. And she goes... Uh, probably a Halloween cop and I was like I really think it's a bad idea and she said please 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 and I said look I think this is ill-advised and a bad idea but then again I took the day off so you know I'm not gonna be there and so clearly I, I did a poor job there and I kind of let her off the hook well she texted me in the first quarter and she goes yeah this was such a mistake and she said she felt so out of place and embarrassed and it was good to know that but really what I found out <laughs> was the next Monday Tuesday whatever it was and um, you know we'll make the rounds go talk to the coaches go see them at the schools and everything like that whenever you have time and so I went up to this particular school who was involved in the game and one of the assistant coaches goes oh hey Kevin I'm uh, I'm kind of bummed to see you where's officer so-and-so yeah. and I was like oh no <laughs> and like that was the whole talk of the office and then the coach came in and he goes hey Kevin I gotta thank you for that reporter that you sent out to the game on Friday I was like oh my lord and so yeah I found out pretty quickly it was the yeah. it was the talk of the it was the talk of the game and that was that was something but uh oh yeah so um so Westerberg shut down my Halloween question but it, it was a great it was a great moment for me and it was a great kind of sense of closure is you know I finished up here in um, October of 2013 and I remember the last live football game I covered the most 
irrelevant football game ever. It was Allen against Richardson. The only thing that mattered about that game is the elevator stopped when I was on it on the way up with a bunch of other coaches and this one poor trainer girl who I was like, I feel bad for you for being stuck in here. Uh, but yeah, the final score was like, you know, a thousand to six or whatever. And I just remember walking on the field and it being so weird because I'm like, man, this is the last live game I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover. And so I was gone the next month and I don't think it was that December. I think it was actually the next state title. Mm -hmm. So it was 14, the last of the Kyler run. And I tagged along to go to the state championship. Allen was going to play. It was the last game for Kyler. You know, I still knew a lot of the guys on the team. Like, it's weird now because, I, I mean, I'll, I'll read y'all's stuff. And I follow you guys on Twitter, obviously. But... I like don't recognize any of the names anymore because it's been five years. But for several years out, I was yeah. like, "Oh, I know that person. I know that person." Because you know, a lot of these kids play now; they're freshmen, sophomore, and, and so I went out there and I walked down with you onto the field, and I got to catch up with some people. And then I saw Coach Westerberg. I didn't even come up to him. Like he looked at me and he goes, "Kevin Hagland," yeah. and he walked right up to me. I was like, "Oh wow!" And so he, you know, gave me a really nice greeting, and we we chat added and we just had like a normal conversation while they're in the midst of celebrating another state championship and he was like and I want to let you know I get the opportunity to listen to your program quite a bit and I was like do you now because he'd always struck me as someone who didn't care for hijinks and shenanigans and you know we, we he's got a sense of humor to him he does he necessarily let on in front of the media sure which is probably wise and he goes yeah a lot of times y'all are on when we're leaving the facility for the day and and he goes i just want to let you know i think you're doing a really good job and i was like oh wow thanks coach and it was it was weird because you know, I had walked off the field in that Allen and Richardson game, and that was kind of part of the end for me. But then when I walked off the field that day, it really felt like another kind of sense of closure because somebody who I always like, I was like, you don't have to like me, but you're going to respect me, is I kind of got that sense of, like, validation right there. And it was, a, it was a pretty cool little moment. It really was. Seems like a good, uh, like a nice way to wrap this up. Okay, like well, having come full circle with... Uh, no, absolutely. Can I ask a question of you guys then? Go for it. So, I was curious before I left is, did y'all know that I was imminently going to be out the door? Because like, I left in October. I told you guys that I was leaving in September. But I feel like I had like maybe been gone more and more. Did y'all get the feeling that like I probably I felt like something was kind of in the works? Yeah, and I felt like it was just kind of a matter of time. So when you did, because I still remember how it all happened when you pulled us all into the room up front, which is now uh, yeah, you know, uh, now Deb's office. Yeah. And when you told us all, I mean, like you said, I kind of anticipated it, but to still hear it was kind of a a, sh a, sh a shock, just because, like I said, you hired me, you know, you brought me on as an intern right. in 2009, and you know, just thinking like, wow, this is really just kind of a, a, a turning of the page, you know, so to speak. And on the one hand, like obviously elated, you know, that you're getting the opportunity that you guys did. Sure. Glad to see. What, but at the, at the same time, we're just wondering, like, wow, I mean, things are gonna things are gonna change, and I knew what that meant for you know for any of us at the time. But yeah, I mean, I think I kind of had a semblance that something was in the works because I mean, you guys did, you guys were doing great work, and I remember a lot of the feedback that you would give me on how the show was going was, you know, you kind of intimated that you might be getting close. Yeah, I think another thing is that just kind of over the years, you kind of see that something about this place, people leave and end up coming back like pretty regularly. Like there's a lot of people I've worked with that have quit or found other positions, and 
So you never really know if it's for sure, especially doing sports when it's something where you could, even if you're not working here, you could still come back and do stuff. Sure. About, so you never really know like when you when somebody's going to be gone, gone or not. Yeah. No. I. It was. It was a weird day too because. I remember we called that like impromptu staff meeting because everything that was happening was really secretive because yeah. we were coming up, other people were going away at the fan, and so I wasn't supposed to say anything, and it was really tense, and I remember Andrew Snyder called me over, and he goes, hey, I just read something about you on the internet. Is it true? <laughs> That's never what you want to hear. Like, I don't care what the scenario no is. At all. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. And I walked over, and it had just broken on the Dallas Morning News that we were taking over the spot. And I was kind of like, oh, crap. Like, I already knew what happened. I had already signed a contract at that point. And so I, uh, I was like, all right we got to have a staff meeting right now. And I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody goes, hey, can you give me like five minutes? And I said, sorry, nope, it has to be now. Because sure. the last thing I wanted is for everyone to read about it online or whatever. Like, I wanted to be the one to tell you guys, but I was kind of in a tough spot because they were like, well, don't leak the news to anybody. Don't even tell your parents and blah, 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 blah. And so it was a really weird thing. And I, I was, I was kind of bummed. And I, I remember, you know, I, our old editor, Rick, I gave him my uh, two weeks notice, which actually turned out to be a four weeks notice so we can get everything down, is uh, I just kind of gave him the letter and he goes, is this what I think it is? And I was like, just read it. And so, yeah, it was, I got the sense that maybe I'll knew that I was probably going to be out the door because we've been doing so much more filling and stuff like that. And plus, you know, like... I I loved working here. Like, I, honest to goodness, loved working here. There are times when I'm sure you guys share the, the same frustrations that I did and everything like that, but the people you meet are awesome. The flexibility is awesome. Like, I, I always tell people, they're like, what's your favorite part about journalism? And I said, I love the stories, and I especially love the stories that nobody else gets to know. You know, like, now kind of what we're doing, you lose some of that. Like, sometimes with Jalen, and you feel like you get some of those stories back, but people generally know like what's going on with the cowboys and yeah. all that but like do you really know what's happening like inside the allen boys basketball team or whatever and like you guys get to bring that to the world i got to bring that to the world for the longest time and i still to this day in my house we did a uh, softball feature in plano about all these girls that were they were on the same 10U softball team yeah. that won the city championship. And then they all went on to go to different schools, but they all stayed in the general vicinity. Yeah. And so one day, and this is like seven years later, it was on a Sunday, we went back to one of the Plano ISD softball fields. We got all of those girls back together, and now they were at Plano, Plano East, Plano West, and Ursuline. And it was the, it, they hadn't all, like, they had all seen each other, but they hadn't all been back together in that same group in a whole bunch of years. And I brought my son out there with me, and I have a picture in my house framed up among some other things of Brandon sitting with that group of girls and it's one of my one of my favorite stories it's one of my favorite designs ever i can still tell you the title of it because it was a full page spread it was called now and then and it had the girls from the 10u team and it had all of the same girls in the same poses and everything 
when they were all like seniors in high school and I thought like not that some people didn't know that story but I was like that's a story like most people don't know that story and hopefully when everyone picked up their Sunday copy of the Star Courier they saw this story and they were like that's a really cool story and that's something that you lose a little bit at this level but being here I love that so then it'll be uh, what I guess the five-year anniversary in October yes Yes, unfortunately, Justin, probably not going to be back here imminently as they just picked up our contract <laughs> option again. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll still be a little while. I'm sure eventually I'll come back through the door. But for now, he'll be without me yeah. for a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, obviously, man, best of luck to you going forward and you know, keep up the great work on the radio. And, Thank um, you so much. That will, uh, yeah. That'll do it for this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. Kevin, appreciate you for tagging along. Justin, you as well. We'll be back on Monday with another episode, a very, at the start of a very football intensive build to the upcoming season next month so um, in the meantime folks this has been Matt Walsh with Star Local Media uh, hey y'all enjoy the rest of your week we will talk to y'all later looking to hire top talent in your community look no further than starlocaljobs.com our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area with starlocaljobs.com you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.